You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. You're listening to the Michigan Life Outdoor Podcast, episode number one. Welcome. Thank you for being here. And uh, we're just going to get right into the podcast here because... We're going to tell you, you know, our, our goals, what the podcast is going to be all about here in the state of Michigan, and we introduce ourselves. So that way you get to get, you know, know us all a little bit better individually and we kind of talk, you know, what our intent is, what do we want this podcast to be and what we're going to share and get into and all that kind of stuff. So hope you enjoy getting to know us all a little bit better. And um, this is the start of something where I think is going to be awesome here for the state of Michigan for the you know, the outdoor lifestyle of hunting and fishing, camping, you name it. This is going to embody everything that Michigan is about and, uh, you know, the lifestyle that we live. So let's get into the first episode. All right, we're rolling. This is us. What's <laughs> up? Hi, everybody. This is the start of what I hope or we hope is going to be something that's going to be educational it's going to be something where we're kind of putting our stake in the ground here in the state of michigan because here at the sportsman's nation dan had had a great idea that maybe we should start um throwing some michigan content out there and that's exactly what we're doing i think uh the state of michigan is probably up there for for sportsmen I don't know, with probably the top five states in the United States for Michigan. A lot of people. Yeah, for bow hunting licenses. What else? Uh, fishing's big here in the state of Michigan. Obviously, we're surrounded by the Great Lakes. Um, Waterfowl. Yep. All outdoors. They're all from Michigan. Mm-hmm. We go to other states, and they're still from Michigan. That's right. Yeah. And hey. thanks for this opportunity. This is exciting, huh? This is, this is awesome. I mean, this is, I'm happy you guys agreed to do this. I've reached out to, I think it was one or two other people, and they just... It, it didn't click with them or for whatever reason and you guys were leftovers again guys <laughs> no it was good because i wanted to find somebody locally which is awesome yep because right. now we can meet up like this is awesome where we're at right now we're in a nice cozy room and, <laughs> and not too far away we all uh live here in southeast michigan all down the road so uh let's get started with going around and introducing who we have here on the mice and who's going to be part of this thing so we're going to start here to my left my name's Kelly Poupart. Happy to be here and excited for what this is going to entail. And uh, Born and raised in Michigan, Southeast Michigan. Love hunting, fishing, outdoors, and happy to be a part of this. So, 
My name is Tom Hughes, and uh, hanging out with these these two Poopar boys here, the two brothers. Uh, love all the adventures that we plan, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to be a part of this. Hopefully, it's, it turns out to be something really cool. Tom's like the stepbrother, just yeah. to let you know. He's the glue that keeps you guys uh, together, right? Or, or uh, apart. Or apart. apart. I, yeah. yeah, I don't he, know if it's a mediator. glue. Yeah. He, he helps. You definitely need him around. I'm Carson Poopard. I'm the big brother for the record. And uh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's what we do all the time. We just talk about the outdoors, and we kind of live the lifestyle. And so we're just here to share it with you. All right. Well, let's um, – Oh, yeah, and then obviously, uh, you know, my name is Lee Kleino, and anybody listening to this on the Sportsman's Nation, you guys will recognize me if you listen to the Freshwater Bite podcast. Um, I started that now three years ago, and it actually, the, the it's a funny thing. The podcast started out with me trying to do everything outdoors, kind of like what we're going to do right now. However, I shifted that focus just to solely on fishing to kind of niche down a little bit, and then... You know, I'm obviously still an avid hunter, um, you know, duck hunter, deer hunter, things like that. So I've, I've always wanted to try to explore and, and put out content for things like that. So I'm happy that this, uh, this opportunity came up because, like you said, we're just going to talk about exactly what we do every single day, which is hunting and fishing and the outdoor lifestyle so it really is crazy how it's a year-round process you know we always <laughs> say it's different seasons but yeah. it's it's an all year-round uh planning and, and education and constant learning and and we really enjoy that process and the grind of it all yeah and i think it's something that needs to be done all year round and it's not something like you know oh shit october 1st is you know, two weeks away, I better yeah. get my bow out or I better start seeing to make sure all my gear, that zipper's broken or whatever it is on your gear. Yeah. I mean, the, the, this is the point of this podcast is hopefully, obviously, for us to talk about what we do, but to keep people on point to maybe this is something they can listen to weekly or how we can put out reminders and things like that to get people focused on what we're going to do all year round. And like we've said on uh, – w- many times in some of our youtube videos stuff like that is value your time go take that trip and if we can inspire others to do that then um that's fantastic right we're right. spreading the word enjoying the outdoors and share the love kind of deal yeah so i want to kind of start talking a little bit about how we just kind of our background on how we got all into this thing i mean being a michigander um obviously the outdoors is huge here in the state but People love to hear the background stories when I do my podcast, my uh, my fishing podcast. One of the most things that's uh, in- enjoyable to the guests is listening to how the the guests got involved with whatever they're doing. So, Kelly, we're going to start with you. And uh, people call you KP, right? <clears throat> KP, yep. <laughs> Kelly Poopard, KP for short. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, my wife is also named Kelly. Uh, so we got we got Kelly girl and Kelly boy, or a lot of my friends call me mm-hmm. KP. And um, yeah, speaking of um, K squared, when you guys are together, there you go. Absolutely, <laughs> Miss Kelly, she's more special. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Definitely. Yeah. Um, a little bit about our heritage. We were born and raised uh, hunting. Fortunate enough to have a dad who was just avid in the outdoors and um drug us around everywhere i remember just you know, being five six years old and i was the rabbit dog and that's kind of where my adventures started i go go jump in that brush pile you got kick them rabbits out and he had a way with people and um influencing and uh so from there we just continued our process and got a little better and a little more trips and fun adventures but definitely uh dad was the the first one to get us involved in processing slingshots and BB guns and uh, all the way on up. So, would you say your guys' dad 
do you guys mimic a lot of his style that you do nowadays? Because I feel like as people get to know all three of you, you'll see these guys do a lot of things that are outside the norm or outside the box of thinking. Where, where does that come from? Does that come from your dad, or was that was that something you guys? Absolutely not. He was horrible, and he'll tell you it was great. So he'd stand in the tree stand on one foot till it got tired, and stand on the other foot till it fell asleep and got tired. And hopefully, we're a little bit more advanced than that. But he would say, "This is bull crap. You guys uh, learned all my lessons and, my, and uh, lessons from all my mistakes and all that, and then you guys built from there. And then now we're just continuing to build, and we laugh about." You know, Tom will tell you it's yeah. about our gear or something like that. These guys think way outside the box, and I love it because I get thrown in the mix, and uh, I've changed the way I think, the way I do things, and uh, every time we do a trip, we learn something new. It ends up being something off the wall, and nine times out of ten, it works. I don't know how, but it ends up working every time. Maybe it's your guys' dad keeping you just like – tamed as you were growing up just kind of built that you know that angst to get out and be like ah, i want to try something new or i gotta try something different than the old man did for sure yeah that was great and then we met our stepbrother one thing we should tell you is uh kelly tom and i cp here we all work together as firefighters yeah so we're we're close not only as friends and hunting guys we have a brotherhood going on there and we, we all were full-time firefighters that's awesome yeah you guys get to brainstorm a lot of the time together right we spend a lot of a lot of trip planning and a lot of brainstorming and we call it podcast without the microphones we sit around and talk hunting all day long like this is what we do on a normal day now are you guys typically all on the same shift this is the first time that it's happened oh uh, really as of january we're all on the same shift oh nice. it might make it a little bit hard to plan our trips and uh get our vacation days and all line away but we're gonna make it work make Pros it happen and cons. Yeah. I get lucky enough to hang out with these bozos all the time and then uh but then trips we got to get you know vacation and everything scheduled properly yeah but uh um, I, I yeah. love the assignments uh, side of it. So we come to work and <laughs> like, all right, Carson, you're doing this today. And Tom, you got to research this product and I'm on cameras. And so we team up a lot and we, you know, divide and conquer, if you yeah. will, and try to uh, all have an assignment to reach the common goal, which, which is a lot of fun to see what we all come back with. You guys have to pass some assignments to me eventually one day so yeah, I can sounds... bring something to the table. Oh, you are. This, <laughs> is, are, are yeah. this is a great opportunity. And Tom, tell them about your... Uh, career change real quick just to be able to get more time outdoors uh, yeah um i used to work for ford motor company and just basically work six seven days a week and they tell you when you're going to work and when to show up and didn't really have a choice in much and a uh, little bit more backstory i went to school with carson we graduated together so i've known him for a really long time and uh talking on the phone and he's like i think you should become a fireman he's like we work nine days a month he's like we can fish and hunt all the time he's like you don't need to work at ford and I think it was pretty much the next day uh, oh, I signed nice. up for paramedic school, and uh, I, I quit Ford Motor Company and working here. Dude, that's a good recruiting slogan right there. there. Yeah, he got me. It was the fishing and the hunting. That was, I didn't want to come work with him. Yeah, I just, on more. yeah, exactly. Now some days he's my boss. It's perfect. Yeah, it's okay. it's perfect. I'd undercover. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, well, Tom, how did you uh, kind of grow up in the outdoors? Uh, typical uh, growing up in Michigan, we had a cabin up north. My grandparents had a cabin up north, so, uh, you know, our family vacations were up north. That's, that's what we did. We rode dirt bikes, rode four-wheelers, went up north fishing, hunting. And uh, my grandma actually got me into hunting. Uh, she would take me out in the blind with a sleeping bag. It was like five or six and get in the sleeping bag so I didn't get cold. And she would sit out there with an old recurve bow that she never shot. I've never seen her shoot a deer. We would just sit in the woods and act like we were hunting and go back in. And she never killed a deer. 
Oh, dude, that's awesome. Though, yeah, that she, she brought was, you out there. She was super cool. She got me into hunting pretty much. And then uh, as I got older, I started going with my dad and started killing a couple deer. And um, you were hooked. That was it. Yeah, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Yeah. Did the uh, did the recurve thing wear off on you at all? Uh, a little bit. I, I bow fish with the recurve. I <laughs> funny story. I took my recurve out hunting. I'm like, I'm going to kill a deer with this recurve. Practiced all year, and I went out to Hillsdale uh, lease that I had. Okay. I left the compound bow at home. That way I didn't get tempted. And uh, I missed a big buck three times with a recurve in <laughs> one hunt. And I literally drove back to my house, got my compound bow, and drove back out to Hillsdale for the week. And <laughs> I haven't hunted with it since. So, <laughs> but, but you did get an alligator gar in Texas uh, yeah. with it, the big boy. I shot an alligator gar in Texas with it and um, something else, too. I don't remember what it was. Oh, you shot a stingray with it this year in yeah, Florida. Yeah, that was a pretty nice bonus. Yeah. A little story on that a few weeks ago. Dude, recurves and longbows are making a huge comeback right now Super in the outdoor cool. world. I mean, I think that the the compound, I mean, they're so damn fast, and they're so they're, awesome. they're so tuned in, which is great. Um, but now it's like, I think some folks went so far in the compound world, and whatever it is, they just needed... Um, you know a new method or a new challenge a in challenge, the woods yeah. and or maybe they just wanted to be closer with the deer like meaning like i'd say an average shot is you, you don't want to go past much past 20 yards yeah, right i agree yeah with a recurve yeah yeah so i think they kind of wanted that intimacy with you know i mean it'd probably improve your your hunting skills your scent control Absolutely. all that kind of stuff and then so. it's a good bragging right you know hey i got this one with my recurve yeah wow that's sweet i'm yeah. making this here when i practice with it and it's a whole nother conversation piece you right know? i think it's just the challenge we talked about it a lot this year um killing a 120 inch buck in michigan is a pretty big deal but killing a 120 inch buck you know on the ground with your bow is a bigger deal it's just the way you do it right um seems like the harder the better the more challenging the more rewarding it's I think most of us uh, really enjoy archery for that challenge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You can pick up a rifle and get them from out there. And that has its spot, too, and there's people that need to do that. But that uh, that extra challenge piece is yeah. enjoyable. We all gun hunt, but yeah, and, and, don't and enjoy I, it as much as bow hunting. Well, it sounds like, too, like so far we've all, well, you two have grown up bow hunting. I grew up bow hunting, and it's kind of like what our dads or our grandmas introduced mm-hmm. us to first. And it seems like that's our comfort zone sometimes to go back there of, like, what you learned on and you know guns can be intimidating if you never shot one until you were older just and uh you know something about having a bow too is like you know tricking out your truck or tricking out something like that like all the bells and whistles that you can add to it different varieties out there different brands and i don't know they're just a lot of fun but so grandma got you introduced and then you kind of just took it over from there with uh with dad just got obsessed with a little bit anybody that's hunted uh michigan on opening day knows that uh opening day on state land up north is not very cool it's it's crazy wow so uh i lean more towards bow hunting and um started hunting with carson a little bit and kelly's a little bit younger and he uh got old enough to hunt and we all started hunting together last uh i mean really a lot the last probably 10 years i think our first big trip we took together was uh alligators with our bows and it was back in 2012 was our first uh, out of state trip together mm-hmm. so that's kind of where our journey took yeah. off as a us three and what okay so we're from michigan what made you guys choose alligators which <laughs> that's why a, not that's a great question <laughs> the uh, nearest alligator is what probably two thousand miles away yeah, yeah, yeah carson can start off our kind of trip history and how we started doing what we do yeah sounds great well uh, i'm carson poopart i'm the big brother the good looking one and the smart one you guys probably already realized that so far and uh 
um, we got started hunting our whole lives, all of us. We went on many different trips. We started with uh, Iowa with Dad. We went to Manitoba and got ducks and geese waterfowl hunting. Drove 32 hours straight. That was rough. And on and on through the list. And we've always known Tom, rode dirt bikes with him, went to school with him. He's a tough, great guy. And we many guys in and out through these trips. 2012, we watching some TV, and we're always trying to change it, do it ourselves, do different kind of trips. And and we say, Tom, you want to go uh, shoot some alligators with us down in Florida with our boat? Yeah, I'm in. That sounds great. And we instantly click. We're like, wow, normally we're kind of helping people along, which is great, and we're teaching them. I'm like, uh, I got extra zip ties and a couple extra this. Oh, I bought these too. Oh, you got yours? Yeah, I got four extra. I'm like, Cal, this is great. This guy's like, finally had someone prepared. Yeah. To rock. <laughs> dialed. Dialed right in. And oh, this is good. So then, um, how it used to work, it was dad, Kelly, and I, and sometimes our friend Jaber, Jason, and, um, We'd all take a turn picking trips, and that's how we continue to do it. That has passed since, and now we all talk, and Cal will take a turn, Tom will take a turn, we'll have a committee, and we take year-to-year picking trips, and we'll plan them years out and get points, and we can go on into that in the future. But, like, planning the future, and our biggest quote we love to say is put the date in the calendar, make it happen, plan the trip, because you keep saying someday. It's always going to be someday. But oh, if you man. say four years from now, then they'll come you know yeah it sneaks up on you too because it, it only gets harder as you get older and you know i think that was something um you know my brother and my dad and some of my friends are starting to realize like you know we're in our young 30s or whatever it is and you know it, it's good to get this foundation now to make it a habit to keep yourself motivated keep yourself in shape whatever it is to get older so as you do this you can do it in your 50s and your 60s and you don't have to be that guy like ah oh, shit i should have did it Back when I was, yeah. you know, whatever. But if you're already in tune and you're in that regimen, like you said, putting it in the calendar, um, it's just going to make it that much more habitual. You know what I mean? We were so blessed with our dad that he always preached. You work 52 weeks a year. You deserve one or two of those weeks to yourself. You earn that. You deserve that. Life's too short to not do that. So that's been preached in us so thankfully since we were so young. And it's so special. And we talk about all the time in any video that you see of us, we will uh, we will preach time and the trips and the processes and family. And uh, the camaraderie is huge. We're yeah. so grateful that he was always big on that. And he used to show up to customer's house and be in the middle of a project. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm not coming back tomorrow. It's 70 and sunny and the fish are biting. So I'm going to have to, you're going to have to wait till the next day for this project to be done. But that philosophy is really carried over in our lifestyle. At least he was honest about it, right? Yeah. Always, he wasn't lying. Super, super blunt and honest. And yeah. we all have seen, as I said, we are full-time firefighters. We see people at their worst having some bad days. Yeah. And though that's, that's tough at times, it also puts into perspective Tom's favorite words perspective he's mm-hmm. super smart throws at us all the time is how valuable that time is and it makes you want to enjoy that time that you have yeah. off and with friends and family and that's that's the circle that's around the campfire that's that's the money shot right there yeah I, th- I think a lot of people that are listening to this too when I was up in Alaska this year I was sitting with one of the Packers and we were kind of glassing another side of a ridge uh, from my dad who's on the, the, the other ridge behind us kind of to spot moose and you know you got a lot of time on your hands just to stare out into the open and things like that and you know i was talking with him and you know the friendship that we sparked up he's you know he's my dad's age but when he was sitting there he's like man i set this time aside and it is like a complete reset for me i come back 
about her father, about her husband, a better, you know, uh, manager or whatever you're Absolutely. doing. When you come back from those trips, you're just, it's like a reset for at least. And when he said it like that, it was the same way that I have always felt. And I just don't know if I've ever put it into words mm-hmm. and described that to my wife when I got back. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, listen, I know I was gone for two weeks and that's a lot. That's a big ask from, yeah. you know, from her. Family, yeah, everybody. For sure. yeah. Yeah. And she's got the kids at home and like, you know, I was gone during the first week of school. But man, when I got back, it was just pure motivation to be like, what can I do? You know, grateful. It, yeah, exactly. Just it humbles you. You're grateful. And when you get back, it just makes you that much better. And that's it's crazy. The outdoors can do that too. It yeah. is, especially them intense trips. It seems like the tougher the trip, the more miserable yeah. Yeah. the time, the grind, the more you look back on it and say, that's the one I want to go back to. That was so great. I just want to be warm. I just, we have running water. We flip a switch and the lights come down. Yeah. All these things we take for granted all the time. You you expose yourself for that for a certain period of time. You come back and you're like, geez, are we spoiled or what? We don't even make it back half the time. It's like the ride home and we're beat up and we're like, you guys ready to do it again? We're like, yeah, we're doing it again. Yeah. It's nice to, uh, you know, drop a deuce without having the handgun by your side. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about How what's going to toilet paper do you need? Yeah. Don't have to worry about what's going to come get you. Yeah. Um, but I'll just, I'll give a little bit of background on myself, uh, too. I grew up in the outdoors. Uh, dad got me and my brother into it at an early age. I can remember my dad getting off work and him getting home and saying, hurry up and get dressed. Get out. We're going to go out. We're going to go out hunting. You're just going to sit with me. And, you know, at the time... He'd let me bring my little recurve bow. I wasn't going to shoot anything. You know, I was only six, seven years old. But just to sit up there with your dad and then just, like, start that process of learning to be quiet. That's the hardest thing when you're (laughs) six, seven years old is, like, you got to be quiet. And you you can't move. You can't ask a ton of questions. And then... You know, then you try to like be helpful. Like it's still the hardest thing. Oh, <laughs> only for some people. Yeah. And then it's like you, tr- you try to be so helpful to your dad. Like, dad, I heard a, you know a stick break over there, and you just you know I can just remember that like yeah. just wanting to impress yeah. my dad or like try to point out a deer to him or something like that. But you know, back then that was that's the early '90s. I don't know if you guys remember the deer hunting around here, and especially in Monroe County where we were at, it wasn't all that great. No, sure, it wasn't good at all. So if you saw a deer. You know, it was like, holy shit, I seen a deer. Yeah, it was like a big deal. And then when you went up north, like you said, that tradition of the Orange yeah. Army going up, that's where you typically see yeah. the numbers. Deer hunting used to be good up there. Right, and, uh, yeah. It used to be phenomenal. We used to a ton of deer. Yeah. Now, not so much. I mean, they're they're still there. We, we go up there and do pretty decent, but not like it was. Do you go over the bridge, or are you just northern, lower peninsula? Northern, lower. Okay. Yeah, we have a cabin up there, but... Uh, even worse up in the in the up yeah i haven't experienced that but yeah i heard it's pretty bad and then now like we're talking times change things change but we also have started with somebody showing us whether it's grandma or dad or whatever else i enjoy now i have two boys and passing it on to the next generation and um i have a four and six year old my six year old with a crossbow in michigan how cool we had to wait till we were 12 yeah i was sitting with dad in the tree saying i wasn't allowed to shoot now you can have the mentor program which is awesome he he got his first deer actually two deer back to back this year all on video Um, typical at age six at age six six. and he was speaking to the camera quite well you can check it out on uh, we have a youtube page yeah oh oh, trust me i'm gonna be dropping your guys's youtube page in the notes and people might as well just get used to some of the stories that you guys tell (laughs) you need to go check out the videos like your son doing that i mean 
that was hilarious. It's just entertaining to watch and just funny. your guys' interaction. Were you supposed to shoot them? <laughs> that was not there. You like high five them, but then you're like, all right, now were you supposed I'm to trying shoot to teach and excitement yeah. and then be quiet and then I'm talking louder. Yeah. And so with our videos, uh, you'll see we try to make it real as we can. Whether we mess yeah. up or we do it right, we just expose it straight out there. Real hunting. We're not trying to. Oh, we didn't do this or that. Just let it play. Yeah. No, I think that's real. I think people can pick up on if it's you know stage or if you're trying to do it Absolutely. over over i mean people want to see what's difficult out there where you fail at what you what what went wrong when that buck came in or whatever it is and i think that's important to to portray because those yeah. are the kind of issues that people are going to run into and that's where they're going to learn the most and it's our way too you know we're we're fairly stubborn in our ways or our styles of hunting and and we want to do that our way and and um portray that as real as we can and we certainly don't want to dwarf into what other people want but stay true to ourselves and how we were raised and the way we do things and and we certainly have a lot of fun with it yeah you said that and i gave kelly the stink eye because he edits the video so if he wants to make you look like a dummy he'll make you look like a dummy yeah he's got a little power yeah he's got some power with the editing buttons and then explain to some people that may have not been into the outdoors as much or wanting to get in more yeah my wife just getting her started come over and she wasn't from a hunting family and come into their living room at the time like what in the heck are all these things kind of deal and then we started watching TV, and then we took her out on a couple trips. She did bow hunting and harvester first year, and, and she's like, this is not like we see on TV. This is hard. We've <laughs> yeah. been working, and like, uh, people don't understand what it all goes into it until you do it or listen to this stuff and get exposed. And we like getting them all together at one point for a few years in a row. All three yeah. of our wives ran archery league with us together. Oh, that's awesome. And so we had to shoot indoor in the wintertime when things were slow, and we just had an absolute blast and tweaking their bows and just having fun spending time with them also doing what we love was yeah, a lot was of great. fun we took them on north we took them on uh, north on their a girls weekend trip. yeah that was very entertaining nobody <laughs> wanted to get up in the morning <laughs> oh we just yeah, went like, at night and have yeah. a lot of like cool that's part of it and uh we're like girls the alarm's going off they're like yeah we're on vacation this is a weekend There's no kids <laughs> up here we're, we know we're deer hunting but we're gonna get the night hunt we'll, we'll get after them which was great and yeah. the bowl league was pretty neat i, I couldn't believe how less they cared about their shooting and wanted to oh check my bow out man you look good when you shoot yeah. you're like standing really oh, funny man. like this and we're like hey guys they're doing it they're having they're having, yeah that's yeah. what it's about it's really cool like, we're nothing just, to do with shooting we had a, it was almost a date night all yeah. the time it was super fun yeah it's like the new bowling remember like your grandparents and your mom and dad used yeah. to go yeah. bowling back when you're yeah. now it's archery yeah that's it well, it's crazy the there's a lot of people to do it too i mean the archery leagues a lot of couples there was I mean, half the people there were probably couples. Where did you guys shoot at for the league? Uh, Monroe Rodden Gun Club. Yeah, oh, okay. Monroe Rodden Gun Club Barn and safety lines, and it was super cool. We have them clear. And still probably be doing it if it wasn't for COVID. They they haven't done it. We uh, Last year they didn't do it, and the year before that, about halfway through the year, COVID happened, and they stopped us. Domka's got a pretty cool indoor range, yeah. too. They've yes, really, really cool. They really upped their uh, their do. archery supplies and, like, kind of turning it more from, you know, fishing more towards, you know, kind of like everything outdoors, and I thought they did a really good job with setting up an indoor And when you court. bring your four-year-old there, make sure you get really close to the target because <laughs> there's a lot of learning with his little recurve in there. Okay. So we flunked some arrows. There's a new hole in the ceiling. Oh, uh, man. Sorry, oh, Mr. Domka, but uh, <laughs> um, what a cool place, and they have a big tournament coming up. Oh, do um, they? Yes. Yeah, Outdoor one is held at Monroe Rotten Gun Club. Oh, nice! And um, it's coming up here in the in the near future. Um, here's a question that I'm just curious about, and just what did you guys go to Monroe High School? Or where yes. did you go to Monroe. Now, can you think 
back when you guys were in high school, how many people, fellow classmates, hunted? Quite a few, it seems like, but the only people we hung out with were people that hunted. I was so just about all to say the same did. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the, like, I can remember in high school, the people, like, you knew who hunted, right? Yep. Yeah. And it, was, yeah. and it was like, how'd you do? What's that? <laughs> well, how'd you do this weekend? You yeah. Know, you're exactly. not going to land. Yeah. Oh, I got me a big four point. Right. <laughs> I remember printing out the four by six pictures, and you'd go in and you'd show them an envelope or, you know, and uh, we'd just crack up at what pictures that you could, you know, back and forth. Now we just pull out our cell phones, you know, but right. I remember just uh, the envelopes full of pictures. I'm like, this is what I got. And yeah. It was pretty fun. It's really funny because me and Carson didn't hunt together in high school. We knew each other, we rode dirt bikes together, but. Hunting's really weird, you know. It's, I'm gonna say click, I guess, but uh, I was like, you go here, or this spot in Michigan, and I go here. Mm-hmm. Um, we always talked about hunting. We always, how'd you do? How'd you do? But we never actually hunted together mm-hmm. until uh, after high school, or maybe uh, right after high school. I remember doing some deer drives we did around Monroe. We'd get you know ten guys together and do some pushes. Yeah, I think I think I remember. I don't know in my high school, you knew who hunted, but you know when you talk to your your, your parents or your dad or whoever. I mean, it seemed like everybody hunted back in the day. And obviously, that kind of goes with the trend as, well, until this year. But licensing has been declining steadily over the years. Um, COVID year, thankfully, it's it's picking back up, which is cool to see. I think people kind of had time to, like, slow down, maybe to get into something they always wanted to do. Because licenses, you know, went up, shot up in 2020, which is cool. That's awesome. There's something positive that comes out of it. Yeah. And now there's some um, quite a bit of, of shooting clubs, mm-hmm. um, uh, clay pigeons, uh, as far as uh, what they're called. It's trap shoot. Trap shoots. And I know Dundee, Ida, they have a big following, like 60 guys on their shooting uh, squad. How fun would that be? We would have had, <clears throat> had our hands raised for sure. Hey, let's go out shooting after school as a sport. Yeah. What a great way to introduce them and have fun. Any, you guys know of any archery teams in high schools? I don't. I don't. I think that would like pick up because I, I know so fishing too. teams are starting to get popular in high school. Yeah, yeah I know we actually teams. have a, a good friend. His son's going to college right now. He just got fishing. a scholarship for fishing. No shit. Yeah. To where? Um, down south somewhere. Oh, where I'm all the bass sure. are at? Jeff Hayford is uh, the dad that we work with, and his son's down south bass fishing on boats. And oh man, and, uh, all the I'm time. not sure what college he's going to, but yeah, he's doing great. He posts picture all the time. He just uh, did a big tournament and placed in like the top 20 out of 200 boats or something. I mean, oh, how exciting! Dude. Yeah, so I'll go sport, to college you know? for that. It's pretty awesome. Man, if that was around back here, the, just smiling. I know yeah. if that was around back in the day, I would have <laughs> put down the football and maybe did more of bass fishing or something like <laughs> yeah. that to get a ride. Um. Okay, so let's let's talk about the podcast a little bit and what we we'll start with you, KP. Um, what are you hoping to do with the podcast and teach teach folks all throughout the United States, the world? Everybody's going to be able to hear this, and I know this is something new to you. But what are your thoughts? I would say influence. You know, I hope that after we talk about this, hopefully we can encourage people to take these trips. And and as you see through this podcast, we're going to always be talking about time and planning the trips and adventure and the camaraderie. So I guess if we could get uh, one thing out of this would be the message to set the date in the calendar, to take the trips, to put $10 away a week and and don't create any excuses for yourself, but to uh, find positivity in making these trips and making it happen. Um, we are so thankful for that throughout our whole lives of being able to do that. 
Yeah, I think as we the this podcast starts to evolve and we talk, go in depth and everything like that, these trips are going to bring like 10 episodes to light because yeah. you're going to talk about mm-hmm. gear. We're going to talk about physical fitness. We're going to talk about food that you pack. We're going to talk about uh, what tags and how you start gaining points and things like that because... I mean, it's it's overwhelming, right? And how the average guy can actually do this. Like, yeah. they don't think about that. Oh, I want to go on a trip. What's that? Oh, is that big money? Ten grand? Go out there? Oh, dude, no. We, we go on a lot of trips for 300 bucks a piece, or our big trips are 1100 and most of that's the tag. But you <laughs> yeah. do the research, and you do think outside the box, and you, you work, and you try, and you make the phone calls, and then it happens. Like, right. you put the effort in, and, it, and the rest of it falls into place. But... You can do that. You just have to try, and we'll be happy to talk through in a lot of these episodes. I'm sure we, we've been practicing podcasts for the last five <laughs> years every day, but we just haven't recorded it yet. So yeah. I'm looking forward to continuing this on with the sharing it with everybody else. It's a running joke. Every time we have an in-depth conversation, we always look around 20 minutes into the conversation like, why didn't we not record that for YouTube? Yeah, because so it's all our planning. Right. You know, there's a lot of planning and a lot of talking goes into it. and. Yeah, and Kelly, you I mean you you haven't talked much about it, but I know you put a lot of time and effort in those videos and things like that. There's a lot of editing. I think even that alone to talk about I mean, self-hunting or self-film hunts are becoming more and more popular whether that's you want to throw it out on YouTube, you want to educate people or I just think about your kids. I mean, you know, our dad didn't ha- our dads and moms didn't have a way to really record or document what they're doing and putting out their failures out there and things like that. I mean, I mean, I think one day your kids are going to be able to learn from, I'm like, Oh dude, dad screwed that up. Look what he did there. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But talk a little bit about a little bit about like what got you interested in the, the filming side of things. Yeah. So it's been a, a teamwork process. So just up until recently, I've kind of taken the reins on the editing uh, software and, um, we just love it. We love, you know, being able to go back and, and look at these videos and watch them for for years. And we started back in 05. So we've been doing this for 15 years now. And we've always kind of drug a camera around. And Carson and I have always filmed each other. And now Tom, Carson and I, we, we do that. And uh, just learning some of these workflows and so thankful for YouTube and being able to learn from other people and how to uh, get the video footage onto the computer better, how to organize better on the computer, how to get better audio, where do you go to get reasonably priced audio, and all these intros and extros and different things that we can do to kind of up the production value of these videos, but more importantly to us than any of that is just being able to go back and relive those experiences with our friends and show people. And And you're saying all that because now you're educated and you know you've learned so much, but if you really go back to 05, you're a sophomore in high school or something, young we start dragging the cheapest video camera we can get our hands on because we do crazy stuff and you want to tell the story right you want to share it with everybody and it's like these things were so off the wall like i don't even believe myself and it happened to me like it's that crazy so now we've dragged the video camera around we're like check this out and then (laughs) we started getting more addicted to sharing it maybe Mm -hmm. just as much if not more than the hunt because you're like oh can you believe the deer or the animal did that or this and then we were pretty bad back then, and then we got a little better, a little better, a little better. It is fun to see you grow as a hunter, as a communicator, as a, a videographer, as an editor, and you watch all those things change through the years. And now on um, some of our most recent videos, sometimes we're running four cameras at one time, which is surely a headache in the editing room. But uh, <laughs> it's really fun to, to see people's reactions and comments and what their yeah. thoughts are on it. No, I think uh, for future episodes, that's going to be good uh 
to really dissect down exactly your setup cameras you're using why you put a camera at that angle remember to turn this camera on go back and forth because now you're you're worried about cameras and then you're worrying about managing the deer when they come in or whatever you're hunting what a challenge huh right what a challenge mistakes exactly oh deer went that way i bumped and hit the camera i think i seen you do that one time in your video so it's like man there's so much you're just adding more shit that can go wrong before you release that arrow it's and it's, a, it's amazing how many scenes that you know people don't see or we don't share yeah. because i didn't get the right angle or you know the story wasn't quite there on film but it really happened and how much um those carrying a camera around or videotaping each other affects our hunts and it's if crazy. you've never done it it's pretty easy to kind of sit back and quarterback that a little bit but until you start doing it it's, 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 it's a lot it's really uh it's really you, you learn a lot so and, um with that documenting stuff we all started a book i believe mm-hmm. um we have every deer and major big game animal that we've ever shot in our whole life including starting at 12 years old with a picture of it in that book and we write the story you should see how i wrote when i was 12 that was pretty rough <laughs> looks no. the same and write the story of what happened and yeah. then uh, you know dad always said and now i'm like oh you know i think i've shot deer like that now but if you go back to the book oh my gosh i remember this one check this yeah. out and you just relive that moment yeah. and that story and what a priceless thing so anybody listen that's getting started or just start now take a picture of everyone or every trip whether you got something or not start that memory book write your story and you go back and read that story a few later like oh yeah i learned this or mm-hmm. whatnot what a priceless thing i read it every september i go through yeah, we and all exchange I books read my whole book and read every picture no and every cool, single man. animal whether that's they're cool. elk or gators or big fish or whatever the trip was it doesn't have to be anything just write a little description where you write in the back of the picture and it is awesome to i go kept back track of what i shot and like my number and all that stuff and then i had to go back after these guys were like oh we got a book i had to go back and like find 30 pictures and like try to piece it together try to up update until it a little bit point. tougher than yeah it. it's a lot tougher tom's a deer slayer and we should tell these people like ballpark of where we're at i mean tom has killed a think, lot a lot of deer i think i'm at like 83 or something like that this damn year. like that's a lot of dedication hours out in the woods Good how many happen. how many archery how many gun uh, I don't know. It's I'm more archery than gun. I'm probably I would say like fifty five, sixty with a bow, and the rest gun. I would if I had to imagine. I, I looked once or twice. But it's more bows for sure. What about honorable mentions? There's a couple honorable mentions. <laughs> with, I, I share a couple deer mounts. Uh, uh, two with Kelly and one with Carson. We share the mounts. Yeah, yeah. How's that? Ha- well, okay. How's that happen? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know too many guys yeah. that share mounts, so I want to so hear the story. We couldn't afford the taxidermy spill. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it started. Uh, me and Kelly shot a, a really nice buck together. Uh, crazy video. It's on YouTube. Um, floating out of out of a boat, and um, we didn't count. We didn't time nothing. We've seen a buck with, drew with back boats, with a bow, and uh, one little basketball size hole shot at the exact same time. Like arrows in the air at the same time. Hit this buck, killed it, and uh, kind of looked at each other like, well, "What now?" So that's cool. Yeah, and I was there with him. I'm the video. Yeah, guy. he videoed so it. Got it on tape turn, too, which was tape. phenomenal. So I got it all on video. These two are shooting. We're three together, and we're like, "What do you think?" And those guys are like, "I don't know who brought it up, but like, 
you get it for a year, I get it for a year. Yeah. Sounds great. When? October 1st, of course. Oh, Opening man. Opening start of season, so that started. It gets you pumped. I'm like, I get my deer back October 1st. Dude, I'd have like a celebratory, it's my year for it kind of thing, like crack a few beers beginning of deer we, season. Yeah, we you know do. I mean? And they got a picture, so when the deer oh, goes down, awesome. the picture goes up. Yeah. And then they, so they whoever train. don't have the deer, you got to swap. And then we did the same thing, all three of us, uh, with the gun. And, you know, we, we got this thing down. Luckily, I had a little hole that snuck in <laughs> the corner. In the toe. <laughs> in the toe. <laughs> and then we share it. So it's every third year goes around. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, we, we should tell him we talked about this earlier, pretty funny, about all the things we say positive about the deers we get. Like, Tom, he's getting all these yeah. deer. Yeah, man, that deer's got the longest eyelashes ever. <laughs> it's got a really big uh, tail. Beautiful tail on that <laughs> one. That one's big feet, man. Yeah. So anytime it's of smaller caliber yeah. or, you know, a smaller doe or something, you, you find things that complement that deer. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, beautiful so hooves on that one. I want to eat that one. It's just, man. Oh, monster man. feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you're like, oh, it's big rack. Yeah, it's good genes a year and a half old right there. <laughs> no, oh, that's good. That's um, all good. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Kelly's pretty great. lucky. I didn't realize it until this year. So you have a buck and I have a buck. He gets both deer back. October first is going to be a good celebratory day. Yeah, oh, get two new bucks coming. I'm waiting on my uh, 2020 buck back. Yeah. from Ohio as well. So oh, cool. we have three new ones in the room. You guys like keep tabs? Like, hey, you treating so and so right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was just over my house for cleaning fish. All right, when I get that back, yeah. He's like, I'm ready to take that back now. And then, Cal, how many deer are you up to now? You've been doing pretty good last couple years. Last couple years, been pretty good. He's trying to sneak up. I think I'm at about 65 is the total right oh, wow. now so um, doing pretty good I, about half and half bow and gun and definitely more and bow in later years and uh, a lot of fun I, a couple honorable mentions i have a piebald deer which is pretty rare really, really um, cool. yeah i shot with my bow on videotape and really cool and um, we got bears and gators and elk Man. with a bow and um very Bulls very blessed and bear and all kinds coyotes of with the bow and a lot, lot of, of bow a lot, lot of bow i like is to hear that Every right. trip that we go on is uh, archery. Every one we plan, I'd like to do a muley with a with a gun during the rut, but that's just because we the ruts during gun there, season. <laughs> put it in the calendar. Yeah, there you go. There Love you go. it. <laughs> Calendar Calendar's booked out for about five or six. Or we years. can't afford not to. That's yeah, another can't one afford like. not to is a good one. It's funny how much of this hunting stuff and planning stuff spills over into your personal life. Yeah, talk you know, about that. Talking to my wife, you know, uh, about anything. I would take the kids to Disney. Well, if we don't put it in the calendar, you know, pick a day, let's, let's do it. Right. Um, that's yeah. a pretty big deal. We all do. We we make our calendars. We usually sit down in, like, January, and it's a full year. We plan every weekend that we're going to do something uh, together and our families, all our wives hang out. Yeah. Um, we were shooting bows in the last video, and we yeah. had moonwalks in the background for the kids just to make a fun day for them. Yep. Right. The wives were drinking their coffee because we pulled all the campers to his backyard because we were so excited for our trip that we wanted to hang out more. And so we all camped in the backyard. Yeah. And we, the kids are having a blast, wife's having a blast, and it's a whole lifestyle. just to, right. And keep it fun for them and everybody. Well, I think it's important for the kids to see that, too, like everyone coming together, like – it's not just something, um, you know, dad does or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, you're making events out of it and then, you know, that'll spill over. Like it's already spilling over in your wife's, your kids, all that kind of For stuff. Sure. And then I, it's just, it, like you said, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a hobby that you do one, you know, three months out of the year. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Like we were talking about in the beginning, like you gotta be doing it all year round and it's some, it's gotta be something that's on your mind all the time. 
and then to enjoy that together. Hey, check out this jerky, man. This is great with everybody, right. whether hunters or not. Yeah. And then oh, I just bought a new sausage stuffer, and I'm super pumped. Got a pretty good recipe from a buddy, and uh, getting ready to plan that next week. And it's, I'm proud of it. It's cool. I try out my new. Uh, you know, it's a nice to share with everybody. It's. it's or like, oh, Carson, that one tastes like shit. Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta change it up. Carson usually is the cook on uh, on our trips, and uh, it. it it's not all good. <laughs> well, look at their belly. We never, we never, ask, we never, we never ask him to cook. He just takes it upon himself. He just does it. I know you guys like my cooking. I'm just gonna cook. Yeah. Make sure they're well fed. Tom, what do you want to? What do you hope to get out of the podcast and kind of bring to uh, you know, the table? Man, hopefully, uh, just opens up more opportunities. Uh, seems like everything that we do, you know, we're like, ah, oh, what's going to become of this? Let's just do it. We'll see where it goes yeah. and what happens. And uh, usually if you put effort into it and, and we put enough time into it, it goes somewhere and opens the door up and creates right. an opportunity for us. It's, Pressure and time, right? Yeah, it's, it's usually uh, ends up being positive. It always does. It's and learning. Good. Mr. Carson? Yeah, learning about it. And then uh, my dear count, just to throw it out there, is I, I don't know, guys, I, over 60 and 63 or something like that. I think I'm, I think Kelly's passed, up on you? I think he passed me up. Wow. I don't have to check First time book. ever. That's been a long yeah. time. Yeah. My whole life. The quality, though, that's what we're talking about. Oh, boy. <laughs> the my long eyelashes, get, right? We're going to have to get the tape out. You <laughs> might have to. That's a pretty close game. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of unique stuff always. I'm pretty different odd duck. You and, are an odd duck. Uh, I have close to a dozen 130s 150 i got a 160 on the wall and everyone until last year was shot from the <laughs> ground walking to my tree stand or from my tree stand not in the tree stand i spend 95 percent of time in the tree stand what every single one he doesn't that you hunt saw a tree in the stand. he walks around until last year was shot from the ground in most of them with my bow dude that's gonna like that's <laughs> gonna i, <laughs> I know exactly. i don't even know where to start with that yeah, we're gonna have to dissect that one day sure. yeah that will be a whole podcast in its own i can't <laughs> tell you how many arguments have come of that when we get a new property million. well i'm just gonna hump from the ground and walk all day and it's me trying to keep him off the <laughs> yeah, property yeah. he's like i'm like 19 out of 20 i'm just gonna keep walking yeah. on the ground and so we battle all the time when it comes to that it's i'm just in funny. the middle of it just walk to my tree stand leave them to alone Dude, I'm going to want to know what you do from when you wake up that day and you're walking oh, to your tree stand. Yeah. Oh, what you're, how you're dressing, where your <laughs> in, entrance routes are, why did you choose that spot to walk around? I mean, that's going to be, that's a whole I don't think you want to ever. I went to the biggest platform because I was really tired that morning and I was going to take a nap in that platform and it was raining all morning. So I walked out and he was bedded 35 yards. And I'm half like not even awake. It's just cracking daylight. I didn't. I usually get out there before light, but it was raining so much that it's. Um, I'm I'm waiting, getting it close, and I walk out, and all I see is racks sticking out of the weeds. I text I text my buddy, and I say, "There's a buck 35 yards away. What should I do?" He says, "Shoot it." And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like "Oh yeah, good idea." All of a sudden, I shoot it. I start yipping and yelling, going doing front flips, and they were horrible front flips, but I was trying. And uh, it was a 166. Walked up to it 35 Jesus yards from Christ. the ground. True on, story. On tape. On tape. On tape. Video. I set the video camera up. Got it right next to it. I'm ranging the antlers, and it's like 35. 50 35 50 because i'm only hitting the tips right and i'm like just go with it you know and i have adjustable sight get it up there and i'm like don't walk you're gonna jump it it looks at me i'm like oh my gosh i'm, I'm done you know and i'm already drawn i'm like, i don't know 
it stands up. It's mostly broadside, according to slightly, and I just let it eat. It runs 100 yards and dumps, and I'm just freaking out. And you had Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms always. Yeah, Dude, maybe morning. Lucky Charms like gets we've, rid of your scent or something. <laughs> doesn't work. We, we've tried it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Did you drink the milk at the end, the colored yeah, milk? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Um, I think the most for me that I want to instill into this podcast and – you know, help the listeners out with is I think it's good this camaraderie to talk about things. It seems like in the past, and I talked about this on my podcast, my fishing one before, you know, fishing again, for the most part is very hush hush. You don't give away your spots, all that kind of stuff. That makes sense. But even like there was this rhetoric where it was like, don't tell them what bait you're using or don't, don't tell them what, you know, how fast you're going when you're trolling and <laughs> things like that. And I just, you know, for me, it was always like such a turnoff to be like, oh, you don't ask those questions in a bait shop or you don't ask that kind of stuff. But I thought about my younger self, like that could turn somebody off, not wanting mm-hmm. to do something, go fishing or for go sure. hunting. And like, obviously you don't tell them where you're hunting at your specific spot, but the information that you withhold because you think that's gonna, mm-hmm. whatever, set you high above because, uh, you know, you're not even hunting in the same spot. So why not share everything that you do and everyone just goes to their own spot or does their own way and you can morph from that. So I guess, you know, what the biggest thing that I want to bring to light in this podcast is just again, the lifestyle of living in Michigan and what all we do, whether that's morale hunting, fishing, hunting, camping all year round, all year round, bringing that stuff to light and sharing with everybody and maybe maybe a listener is like, you know what? I'm really into morel hunting or I'm really into turkey hunting or I'm really into camping or, or hunting or whatever it is. And they just go down that path and you can go down that path as far as you want to. Obviously with us, it's been hunting and fishing for the most part, but that's what we're going to instill. And that's what I think we're going to. Pr- Absolutely. That's what I want to promote. I, I think our state is awesome. I think that there's a lot of guys out there like us that hunt, you know, the shit out of Michigan or fish a lot, but I think it's time it's okay to venture outside of Michigan too to do, go on new mm-hmm. adventures. Absolutely. It opens up your hunting skills. Different animals react differently. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, I experienced that really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Elk are a Tough little story. less scary than uh, spookish than a whitetail. You know, right. I think if done. you can kill a whitetail in Michigan on state land, you could just about kill any animal on any state in the United States. If you like, can kill a big doe up north, yeah. that is the hardest animal to um, harvest, I think. I mean, it's different down oh, lower because yeah. there's that old hag that's in the group that always sniffs you out yeah. and just stomps and lets everybody else know so you're just ridiculous. like never puts her head down i'm not passing i'm not passing on her anymore like when if i see her day one she's getting the arrow because <laughs> yeah. if i get rid of her soon then she's uh, the rest of my hunting yeah. you know that year it will be pretty damn good yes and then you go to other opportunities and we've talked and we mentioned it earlier is um looking for the trips making the phone call call the dnr yeah. where's it going to take you there's so many options that make it uh enjoyable and love to share that kind of stuff it's it's good positive energy yeah we, we don't mind sharing information most of the time when we're in the middle of a video or a trip we usually stop and laugh about it we're like we could tell them everything right now and 99 percent of the people won't do the work so it don't matter that's exactly right that's that's key right yeah. there i mean i'm not gonna tell you exactly where we're hunting but you're not gonna do the work to get there anyways right and we joke about it all the time but like you said like you if you can whack a white tail on state on in state of michigan you go out to elk but if you're not in shape, if you don't have your gear dialed, if you don't have backup plans to gear failing. I mean, 
there's a lot that goes into there's it that time. Harvest. How are you going to get it out? How right. Are you going to yeah. cook it? Where are you going to You ain't planning. You failed before you even got the truck and drove out there. Should we, we, yeah, we should plan, that's the easy part. We plan a lot of stuff, and then we end up adapting and changing all the time. It's really <laughs> yeah. important. That it never goes If it's plan. not working, <laughs> why isn't it working? And what, that's okay. What can we yeah. do different to make this work? So very often that's a super key in a new spot, a new state, a new animal that you've never hunted before is being flexible and changing your plans and why we change those plans well i think that's something we're all gonna hold each other accountable for like talk about why you fail or talk about how you screwed up because i think a lot of times that's that bravado people don't want to show their failures but yeah uh, listen i i'm the first one that make fun of me tell me what i did wrong because at the end of the day it's only going to make myself better you hear a lot of jokes about better. carson yeah. Yeah. a lot <laughs> now wait well, as long as you learn from throw it, it's out fine. the bow record here this is all luck again yeah you know. uh, make your own luck i've hit approximately 40 deer with my bow and found 39 i found every single deer except the one so far and uh knock on wood yeah. luck, but uh you learn right right even, even some of the mess ups you lucky i put notes on there um don't ever shoot high here. Wait for your good shot. Pick the area you want it. That was Dad's rules. Got to share that. I guess we're on it. Dad always. Uh, we're pretty young. Kid, kids should know this. Everyone should know this. Even as an avid hunter, I repeat these rules in my head every time I'm about ready to take a bow shot. Wait for a good shot. Right, your angle, your distance, all that stuff. Pick the hair you want to hit. Like I mean, the little speck. You know, not that general area, but pick that area you want to hit, and then smooth release. If you can follow that, that's my told Brooks, six years old. You can follow those rules. But as we start to get excited, this is a rack, we start to forget those rules. Your eyes are wandering, oh, my God, and all over the place. Your adrenaline gets there, all that kind of stuff. But if you can just keep repeating those three basic rules, that'll improve your hunting, your shot, everything. Cool. Well, guys, we're at 50 minutes. I think it's a great intro to the podcast. I think it's something that, uh, man, this is going to be fun. Super I mean, cool. I mean, it really is. I think it's something that a lot of people are going to enjoy. And anybody listening to this, this is your chance to start putting, asking questions as you go, as we go through these subjects or we break down things, you know, our Instagram page, which is going to be Michigan life outdoors. I want you to start DMing us and don't be afraid to ask any question, even if it's basic one-on-one ask those quote-unquote stupid questions or yeah. dumb questions that you think is dumb and you don't want anybody else you know to know that you're we're not going to put you on blast or anything like that we'll get back to you but uh ask it because a lot there's a lot of information out there and you don't ever want to assume so and can't wait to share some of the rules that we've made for ourselves I'll tell you some <laughs> of my walking rules uh, yeah, oh yeah we got to hear those that'll be fun well cool man all right well, we're gonna sign off this podcast and uh yeah we'll uh, look forward to you know talking to you guys all on the next one yeah thanks right. for listening thank right. you appreciate right. it cheers fellas thanks everybody for listening to our first episode all together um i think the audio is going to get better i know my mic in the beginning was a little bit uh sketchy but it improved about five to six minutes in i apologize about that but we're going to get better at this and anyways, in between now and the next episode, make sure you head on over to Michigan Life Outdoors on Instagram to follow us. And we're also going to get a Facebook page going, all the social platforms and things like that. So that way you guys can follow along of uh, what we're doing and any content or helpful links that we can post there. Um, we'll make sure to, to put that in our Instagram. So, hey, as always, thanks for listening and um, we will uh, we'll be back. See you.